Hi, I'm Nancy Wilson, and you are listening to Life Minute TV. You hear one of her heart licks and you can't miss it. She's one of the greatest female rock guitarists of our time, four-time Grammy nominee and one of this year's Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award winners, singer-songwriter Nancy Wilson has led a storied career. She's recorded 16 albums, sold more than 35 million of them worldwide with her band Heart, and she's recently released her very first solo album called You and Me. We were fortunate to have her stop by the Life Minute Studios and get to celebrate her 69th birthday a few weeks back. She told us all about what she's been up to, even played us an acoustic set. Dog and butterfly. This is a Life Minute with the one and only Nancy Wilson. <laughs> Nancy Wilson is epic. Welcome oh. to Life Minute. <laughs> and on her Thank birthday, you. no less. It is my birthday, yeah. Absolutely amazing having you here. Thank you so Thank much you for, for coming. Thank you for having me. So tell I was us, in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell us about last night, Paul McCartney tribute. Yeah, we did um, uh, two shows. We did one at the City Winery with an audience, you know, for benefits, a bunch of children's causes for Paul McCartney, the songs, the music of Paul McCartney. And then last night was Carnegie Hall, which is such a stunning room to play in. I did the Paul Simon benefit here years ago with my sister. and. Um, it's a, a room built for sound before microphones were invented, so it has all of this beautiful reflectiveness in in the room. Huh, I never heard that. Yeah, and uh, the the stage itself has a bass trap that was built out of the, I think the stone that they made the building out of, and they tried to redo that recently, but they had to go back to the original um, design, and anyway, they rebuilt it as per original specs that they they made it. So the room itself is just an instrument on its own. And to hear people like Christopher Cross and, you know, Lyle Lovett just singing in this room, and it was fun to sing in that room. So we did Band on the Run, and I got to sing Mull of Kintyre with Denny Lane, who was in Wings Band with Paul, uh, and wrote that with Paul, as well as Christopher Cross. and those guys so it was just a big you know muso fest yeah, yeah. and really fun and good causes very cool were awesome. served yeah awesome was paul one of your inspirations when you're the beatles <laughs> <laughs> yes well yes um being a kid when we saw them on and sullivan being a little kid it was like the lunar landing you know it's like a cultural flash mob that changed the entire world so we had to have guitars, we had to make a band, we had to learn how to write songs and sing and play and perform because of the Beatles, mainly. And it started a whole cultural trajectory that was, you know, still is unforgettable and is still imprinted in the culture forever. So growing up at that particular time with a, that music of the Beatles and the other the amazing stuff we were lucky enough to grow up with, um, Who were some of your other influences? 
oh, well, you know, of course the Stones and Led Zeppelin and Simon and Garfunkel and Joni Mitchell and Elton John and, you know, um, so many amazing things on the radio all the time. Back in the old terrestrial radio days where we, you know, I still listen to radio in the car, but um, now it's satellite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, I'm still not used to that, the satellite and how you can stop it and rewind and it's, so, it's still <laughs> bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's convenient. It is, it is. Yeah. I still like my vinyl. I just recently I know. looked at another new vinyl and uh, yeah, we have, rocking that again. So it's been I, love spin, I love spinning vinyl at home nothing, with really good speakers. Yeah. There's nothing quite like that. There's nothing sounds that good. You're revered by so many as one of the greatest guitarists of all time, certainly female guitarists of all time, too. How does that resonate with you? I love that. I mean, I started when I was a kid, nine, about eight or nine. And I played the ukulele before that, and a little bit of piano along the way, but um, and mandolin. But um, it's my main man, the guitar, you know. It's my best friend. You can have a conversation with a guitar, and it'll sort of tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> you know, like even Response. just musically, you know. Um, but yeah, it's an emotional connection that's really magical. How did you know, when did you know you wanted to be a musician? Oh, well, I was born a music person. Like, our family all sort of sang in choirs and played ukuleles and aunts and uncles and grandparents. We learned a bunch of kind of off-color English pub songs as kids from them. And the previous generation, they had like funny stuff and they had, you know, Spike Jones and they had comedy songs and so and my mom played really good piano and she taught us how to play and we all harmonized you know we'd sit around and sing uh, you know the great titanic you know and stuff like that and so I really was lucky to be born into such a musical a real musical like the Von Trapps or something almost because uh -huh. uh -huh. we all would go on a road trip and we'd sing in the car, you know, oh. and the dog would howl, huh. <laughs> you know. So I grew up singing and playing and and just uh, owning it, living and, you know, breathing it. <laughs> what gravitated you to that guitar? Like, how did you know it was that instrument? Well, the guitar was a must-have must guitar, you know, because I saw the Beatles playing guitars. It's like, I got to play the guitar. And Anne was funny because she she got the first guitar in the family, and I was like, okay, she's walked out of the rooms, <laughs> grabbed it, you know, and started tinkering. And then she'd come back in the room and go, hey! You know, she'd get mad at me for taking her guitar away. So I begged my folks to get me a guitar because I couldn't stop myself. And um, they got me a guitar, but it was impossible to play you know it was like a a dowel pipe for a neck you know and it the the action was like so high off of the neck you could never bar a chord to save your life on a, cord, a guitar like that but I got really strong trying so now you know they call me hands of granite you know because I learned on a really difficult guitar <laughs> so cool and were you self-taught yeah, Completely. well, everybody gets the Mel Bay chord book at the music store. 
and it shows you the, like the C and the G and the E and the A and the D. But if you have an ear, you just learn. I mean, I learned to play, to, to read music for a while with piano and piano lessons and music theory later in university, but uh, I never really needed to use it. I never had to write it down or read it. It's just all here. <laughs> it's in my noodle. <laughs> so take us through the journey. I guess your parents were okay that you guys were both musicians. Anne was first, right? Yeah. You followed. <clears throat> well, Anne is four years my senior, and Lynn are four years again her senior. The three sisters of us always sang, of course, and you know, on camping trips we'd go and sing, you know, Kathy's Clown to like random people in tents. So we had the performance bug and Lynn got hooked up and married and got pregnant pretty early on. So then it was down to the two of us and Anne started to sing with guys that had gear. Like we we played a lot of stuff just acoustically with various little groups of friends. And then she kind of split off and went with some guys that had a real, real drum kit, amplifiers, and a van, you know, so that she could go and do play places where she was old enough to, to play. If you were over 18, you could wait in the back. You couldn't be at the bar, you know. So I played a lot of places before I was old enough to drink. <laughs> But of course, that didn't stop any of us at the time. Anyway, um, but we we knew we were always destined to make a band together because we had the same idea, and it was to be as much like the Beatles, you know, not be their girlfriends, but be them, <laughs> be the Beatles, you know. And um, we sort of got into the game early enough to not have any sort of sexual identity in the way we were just kids that just were doing it. And so we didn't figure it was, we're not supposed to do it. Our parents encouraged us to do it. And they said, follow your bliss, was a saying at the time. So we did, we followed our bliss. And just really like confident that we were gonna make it. Like just confident that we, would, we had it in us, we were talented, capable, and we we got better and we just did the homework and we 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 learned our craft and pounded and drilled and got it right and so uh, it worked. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> did your parents see you become famous? Yeah, they got to be around when the first album got big and um, my grandma was still around. One of them at the time. And she was like, oh, it's just so it's just so fun that it's going so well for you and your little orchestra. And we're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I guess you could call us a little orchestra. But that was her generation, you know, because they went to theaters and they saw musical shows, you know. And so um we yeah, we we've been really lucky. We've we've had our roller coaster, you know, along the way, of course. The, it was successful, and then it was not successful, and then it was successful again. You know, never stopped us from continuing to just keep keep after it. Yeah.
And I think that resurgence is going to happen. Yeah, the 80s are back. That second revival is going to happen again. <laughs> you know that? Oh, in not the way. 80s again, please. Yeah, in a big way. Help us all. God help us. <laughs> I've interviewed your sister before. I was via Zoom, oh. however. Uh, she told me the music business wasn't always shiny. Yeah, you know? that's Did true. Did you feel that same, that same experience? That's one for the ages. I mean, the music, any kind of Tinseltown business is not always shiny, and that's a really way, good way to put it. Um, you really learn the hard way, uh, what to do and what not to do. <laughs> but, um, you know, all of the travel that's so unglamorous and nobody would even realize how exhausting that can all be. You know, you're riding on a bus, and there's potholes all the way, all through the night, and very, you know, just really unconducive to rest or good food, but then you get there and you, you get on a stage and you get to transcend all of, all of the difficulties that got you there, you know. Yeah. So those two hours or so on stage make it, all of the rest of it really worthwhile. Because you connect with the people that come for that, they come for you, they go through a lot to get there. <laughs> you know, they have to park and walk and carry their coolers and whatever, you know. So it's a beautiful communication with the people that love the music and the songs that mean so much to the people. Like when we were, we'd be uh, doing meet and greets for, before the show a lot of times, and so many, everyone almost to the person says, your music means so much to me. Like. It got me through one of the hardest things in my life, you know. And I had this big loss, or I was going through a dark time, and your music helped me survive. And it, it's really a great thing about being able to be a musician when you, when you put that together in your own mind, what it means to people, how important it is for people to have that. And, um, you know, sometimes writing songs Writing a song can can help you get through something too. You can express something that you need to get out of your, you know, out of yourself, out of your soul. <laughs> what inspires you creatively? Um, it's interesting how the muse kind of hangs around sometimes. And you're like, I want to write something like, I want to write a song called Weatherman, which I'm working on right now. Because my husband Jeff is he he's, he really likes the weather. <laughs> he likes to report on the weather, like okay, there's another you know atmospheric river coming in, you know. But it's also an analogy for an emotional journey that you take with weather that you experience in your life. And so, um, so I get inspired by emotional, um, you know, painful things and loss and anger, so it's really a lot generated by emotional stuff. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you just kind of go without any inspiration for a while. It's sort of like you have to wait a while, it builds up for a while, and then suddenly it kind of, the gates open again and you're, okay, I better write this album quick, yeah. you know. It's interesting how that, it comes and goes. And you recently came out with your very first solo album. Tell us all about that. Yeah. Um, I started during the shutdown, you know, 
I was like, you know what? I'm sitting here trying to do this jigsaw puzzle, and I just don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. <laughs> I mean, some people just love jigsaw puzzles, but I guess I'm not one of them. So I tried. So, so you were really doing a puzzle. I was this trying wasn't my hardest. <laughs> or a metaphor. Yeah. You were actually doing a puzzle. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. doing the actual <laughs> thousand-piece puzzle on the dining room table, and I went, you know, I. I should be doing something else with my time. So look, I've got, I've got a new studio in this new house in Northern California where I can close off and make as much noise as I want. So, um, and I can be loud, you know. So uh, I had a friend of mine come and work th this little interface, like a six track interface thing and be able to hook up microphones. I have good mics and good guitars and good amps. So that's basically all you really need, and somebody to run the mics and record it somehow. So, and I was like, wow, you know, being doing this now for the first time, like my first ever solo album. People said, when are you going to do a solo album? It's like, yeah, it's all. I want to do a solo album. I said that forever, and then it was never enough time to do it. But being shut in and at home unable to tour, you know, it's like, now's the time. So I really was happy with it and proud of how it turned out. Good. Yeah. And you invited some of your famous friends along. Yeah, um, that. yeah, I sent some of the files to Sammy Agar, uh, the boxer, Paul Simon Song, the boxer, and uh, technically Simon and Garfunkel in that time, but he did some like cool rock voice stuff on there and previous to the shutdown I had worked with Taylor Hawkins on his solo album, great album called Get the Money and I sang a song for him and uh, I said do you have anything laying around that you a jam or something you know I said yeah me and um, Duff McKagan and uh, they had a jam that they sent me and, and so I was like okay I'll fix it up and I'll write a song to it and so I did that on the album too, and it was just a really great project. It was really uh, a survival technique to be writing music during the shutdown. Yeah. And you created a song for Taylor as well, right? Then I yeah, that. the night I heard that he had you know gone off, that we heard that it was really devastating because he was just such a good friend, and just a so sorry. beautiful spirit, his mm -hmm. spirit was so light and uh, funny. And he was kind of on the spectrum, this guy. He he would even admit it. When he was working in his studio. He's like, okay, now if you want to sing it like this, more, a little more of a, this kind of syncopated part, like da 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 and you, And then you could do it, and then you, this one melody and this other part there, and he's like, or I could just shut up right now and let you just try it again. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm on the spectrum. You know, it's like, that's fine. I, I, I love it. You know, it's fine. You no, no need to apologize for yourself. But um, then I wrote a song, you know, called um, Amigo Amiga. Amigo, Amiga. Because he always called me Amiga, and I always called him Amigo. So it was a, you know, sort of a call and response to him over in the other world kind of thing. Just, you know, where'd you go, man? <laughs>
And you did a couple other beautiful tributes as well. One, Lane Staley, I, uh, who's one of my favorites. I have very few, I have a very short list of favorite musicians. Yeah, he was one of them. Are they all from um, Seattle? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's neat. It's that the Seattle so, crew, right? Yeah, it's my yeah, buddies and yeah. brothers from there. I mean, the Northwest, you know. But um, yeah, the one I'd written for Lane Staley was actually in the early 90s when I started that song and called The Dragon. You could see it coming that he was not going to win his battle with addiction um, and heroin in particular and uh, it was a sad thing to see coming because everybody loved him. He was a sweet as they come person but uh, he just didn't have the, the ability to survive that so and it took a long time and so that was even sadder how long it took for him to disappear but um, I started writing it then and I finally finished it later because it just didn't fit in the heart category it was not it wasn't the best heart song it was more of a Seattle song. It sounded like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like an, an So it had a Seattle song. thing and yeah. tuning and everything. So later I put it on the solo album. I so recorded good, it a so couple good. of times, but yeah, that was the main version. What do you think, um, tell us what are the big differences playing with heart, playing, you know, your solo music? Well, it's a really big difference. I mean, heart's a very, uh, Heart's a big, a big iron horse. It's a big mm -hmm. machine, you know. So we we usually play really big, bigger places. And when I go out with my Nancy Wilson's Heart Band, more recently, we play in like outdoor sheds and theaters and big clubs and stuff like that. So it's much more of personal, you know. We're not a club band per se, but we we play uh, at um, performance centers you know, places that are kind of built for sound. We played a show with the Seattle Symphony at the Ben Arroyo mm. Hall, which was really fun. And it was the first show I'd, I'd had played in a couple of years since the shutdown. And because we'd all made the album remotely, you know, and then we uh, took it, we, we all wore our masks and mm. took them off to sing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it was really, it's really fun to have a big, you know, kick-ass rock band, and then it's really fun to have a medium-sized kick-ass rock band yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah, being intimate. In at least one band. So <laughs> <laughs> last night they were like, "Hey, Denny Lane, you know, now that now that we sang and played together, what are we going to call our band?" <laughs> you know, it's like you can't have too many good bands. There's so many yeah, great sure. players that I've run into. Yeah, who, do you, who are some players you think, are like great guitarists, do you think, of, of today? Well, oh, I mean, if Eddie were still around, that would be so great. But his son, Wolfie, is amazing, too. And I would love to play with him. I'd love to play, I might just do a, a, a show, a thing that they're putting together called about guitar riffs with um, with my guitar player, 
Brian Waters, who's in my, who's in Heart as well, and the guy from the band called War on Drugs. Yeah, Adam Grandesil. I love his playing, and there's just so many great guitar players. Mike McCready from Pearl Jam, and just a lot of great players. Um, Jerry Cantrell. Just he's saw a, him the other night in a, Jersey. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, good. yeah. He's out with his Brighton tour. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a brother to me, like all those guys are. But like we sat around in the 90s when we first met. <laughs> he was like, okay, how do you play the beginning of Mistral Wind? You know, and I'm like, oh, cool. You know, you, you want to know about that, you know, because it's one of those real dissonant things like he does so well. That's his specialty. Crazy dissonant uh, rock guitar playing, riffing. And um, yeah, we, we've done stuff together. And Sammy Hagar, uh, I do benefit with him every year for this children's cancer uh, hospital thing, acoustic for, your, for a cure. So I got to nice. play with him and the guy um, Metallica and a bunch of guys like that. Um, Bob Weir, really a great guitar player too, Bob Weir from The Dead. And uh, there's a lot of great talent, you know. If you if you walk out your front door, you'll find it. Mistral Wind came out in 1978. You created grunge. I think it's neat these rock guys look up to you. And I, I like that because you're a woman. It's, I think no. It's cool. There, well, there yeah. aren't that many, you know, women. There's, there's starting to be like Boy Genius, and, you know Phoebe Bridgers and those guys, and because they're they're really competent, talented girls that are up and comers now, and um, Angel Olsen and um, there's I'm starting a record, I mean yes. not a record Tell company, us about the management but company, a management right? company. Yeah. Tell us about that. And we're, we've we've signed this be beautiful, talented young female artist who writes and sings. She's a She's a singer-songwriter, basically, plays everything, produces her own stuff with her producer guy, and Madison XOXO. She's our first signing to the Roadcase Management Company. And, um, you know, we're just getting it all going here. And I just think it's uh, the right time to give back. Like, everywhere I go these these days in particular, people are like, oh, you're a legend. And I'm like, I am? Okay, great. Okay. But I, I feel like giving stuff back, you know, because to help out the, the the ones that are talented and competent and proficient, you know, at their craft and, and capable of pulling it off and doing, you know, doing the hard work that it, it takes to do it well. And... Uh, so I'm excited about it. It's so really cool. already starting to feel really fun. And I'm going to go sit in with her in Portland, Oregon, where she lives, and do her like showcase thing and sing with her. Sing, I don't know what yet. Maybe probably her song. How did you find her? <laughs> well, my husband Jeff's son, Jeff, Jeffrey, he's this really good, uh, talented scout for good music. He's, he's found so many people before they were huge that he heard first and said, oh, if I could have only signed that person, you know. So that's part of the reason we made the company because then we can, um, you know, catch the wave before it, you know, rolls out. And uh, so Jeffrey's 
is uh, part of the company and we're developing a new artist. That's so cool. <laughs> That's a cool. good thing. How do you keep that going? What are your tips for a good marriage? Me and Jeff both are now married for together for about 13 years. Um, after we were both previously married for over 22 or 3 years to someone else before. And um, it's sort of like when you fall in love and you're maybe just old enough to, to, to be fully formed like brain-wise enough to, to like feel smart enough to know when it's right. Because in your 20s, I don't think you have that yet. When, when we first got married, we weren't fully formed, you yeah. know, like yeah. emotionally change. or mentally yeah. quite ready to make that huge of a commitment yet. But I mean, I guess it's nature's way too, you know. So when you're a little on the older side, it's more, you go like, wow, this person checks like every box, you know, for me. Like they're funny, I trust them implicitly. Um, you know, I don't feel defensive. I know that they want to protect me and take care of me. I want to protect them and take care of them. They understand my big, a big box to check is they understand my career because you don't know what it's like until you've sort of done it yourself to be out on the road or to, to the travel of it all. That that's the real challenge. Um, he was already had worked in movies and in record companies and television. So he knew the entertainment industry really well from all angles. He knows what it's like for me to be sitting in this chair, you know, trying to trying to be charming. So <laughs> but he knows what goes into it and he knows what's behind it all and totally attracted to this guy and it just really like the cutest guy in a cast pajamas I've ever seen. He's cute. So yeah, he's really cute. So and Aww. so we get each other. That's cool. All the way, you That's know. Great. So I don't know how I got so lucky. Aww. I don't know what I'd be doing without him now. Aww. It's really well, a sweet story. You yeah. You're absolutely gorgeous. Oh. I cannot stop staring at you. Thank you. And your skin is so beautiful. Oh, like wow. you see, Thanks. you know, people, you know, you see people all the time and then when you oh, meet them, yeah, like, yeah, they're not as beautiful. It's all but that, I think you're it's, more beautiful. It's all that clean living, oh, you know. My God. No, it's like, yeah, what do you attribute it to? Like, oh, well. How do you look so good? Well, thank you. I put a lot of makeup on <laughs> today. <laughs> TV makeup. Um, but I think a lot of it's jeans. Our mom had yeah. really yeah. beautiful skin, and Anne has amazing skin. Yeah. Lynn has great skin. And people have always said, oh, you have a nice skin. I was like, thank you. It's unbelievable. Miss, you missed the acne years, but yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, it's my birthday. I'm not getting any younger, so. <laughs> yeah. So I do oh, my best to get sleep and, you know, drink water and vitamins and yoga and breathing and just do everything possible to kind of you know feel young and hopefully look young and you sure do look gorgeous oh, absolutely gorgeous. i really appreciate really. that I mean, you do too by yeah. the way were you always did you always take care of yourself like in the early days were you a part of your back in the day or did you know oh, like, no better no i didn't know better <laughs> i never knew better <laughs> i've you know i've been 
pretty out there pretty, pretty <laughs> often in different eras of my life. I had to test the bonds, you know, I had to test the, uh, test the limits a lot, <laughs> actually. I was no stranger to a party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what would your younger self tell you? your older self rather, tell your younger self. Sorry. Oh, I would tell my younger self, don't try to be an actor in movies. Yeah. Because I tried to do some acting. Because <laughs> I had, my, my husband um, at the time, Cameron Crowe, put me in a couple of his movies. And it was like, I was in Fast Times at Ridgemont oh, High. Oh, gosh, yes. The course. Girl in the Car. Yes, of course, yes. And I was in this other one Sexy called The Girl in the Car. Yes. This is, yes, <laughs> the Beautiful Girl in the Car. But uh, it was another one called The Wildlife, where I had speaking lines, and it was really bad. And plus, it's, you, you have to get up so early if you're an actor. So I can't do that. You know, I'm a night worker. So. I set my alarm for 11, you know, so. <laughs> we should talk about the scores of films that you oh, did work yeah. on, however, in those Cameron Crowe films. And yeah, that. I worked on most of those films, um, Almost Famous and Jerry Maguire and yeah. Vanilla Sky yeah. and uh, a little bit on Say Anything. And I never got to like get a real orchestra in there, but I did a lot of temporary type string parts and Mostly guitar, mandolin, um, I played keys and bass and percussion on the most of that stuff Some myself. So really ever. fun to not be um, responsible for the lyrics for a change, just music only. So it's, and it's also a learning, a great learning experience as a musician to, to make an atmosphere where it's wide, more wide open half of the time. So there's not a lot of stuff to clutter. You unclutter the sound. Mm -hmm. So it's when to shut up is really what you learn how to do. Because there's dialogue in the film itself. So you want to just make a, a soundscape for the dialogue to, to support the dialogue and not step on the dialogue. So, you know, learning how to like simplify and shut up a lot, what not to do is, was a really good place for me to get to then later as a songwriter to bring that to. Because sometimes less is way more. You could put air and space and breath into it instead of fill it all up. When you are writing songs, the whole thing, what comes first, the lyrics or the music? Usually, lately anyway, the lyrics have come first. I've been really, the muse has been visiting a lot, so I've got a lot of so new songs going on. And, who's um, the muse? Hmm? Who's the muse? Who's the muse? Well, the muse is the spirit, you know. It's kind of the bigger than you spirit. It's, it's the magic that's sort of up there floating, waiting to sort of come and find you when it's ready. So you can't predict it. It'll come to goes. you and then you'll be like, I better write this down <laughs> right now, you know. Get out of bed quick, you know. Write this down or record into my phone a little melody. Sometimes music comes first if, if it's a guitar jam or just a riff. 
Um, but lately it's been words, because I guess I've got a lot to say lately. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you can testify to that right now. <laughs> I can't shut yeah, up. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. What are you, what's your favorite way to relax when you're not working? I like to be outside, sit outside, and kind of watch the light turn, <laughs> listen to nature, be breathe air, you know, <laughs> like simple stuff. I mean, I like sauna, I like a hot tub, I like outside. I like to listen to music. I like to work out because it's actually very relaxing to listen to music while you're working out, mm -hmm. doing yoga and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and big weights and stuff too, but you know. What's something you always listen to, like your go-to playlist? Well, I listen to a lot of the same things over and over when I work out. <laughs> I listen to the new War on Drugs album called I Don't Live Here Anymore. I listen to Folklore, Taylor Swift a lot, um, Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves. And then I listen to Stereophonics, an al album from way back when called You Have to Go There to to go there to come back. Oh, I listened to Jeff Beck. When, when we lost Jeff Beck, I went back to listen to uh, Diamond Dust and that album, Blow by Blow by Jeff Beck. And I really like the Wolfgang um, Mammoth album. Yeah. It's really good. It, it harkens to the 80s in a good way. Mm -hmm. And um, I like Brighton, Jerry Cantrell's album. Really, really good. Yeah, it's good. I listen yeah. to that a lot and a bunch of stuff like that. <laughs> What's your favorite comfort food? <laughs> oh, God. My favorite comfort food would be, uh, I think it would be red velvet chocolate cake. Oh, good, and we have a red velvet chocolate cupcakes in there oh. for you, so you'll have to have that one. Well, it's, you gotta eat that one. I have a good excuse, because it's my birthday, uh. <laughs> and I might even have dessert later, and then I'll yes, you know, work should. it off the next day or two. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, favorite cocktail? Cocktail? Yeah. Um, I like a Chopin vodka uh, martini. No vermouth with an olive or two olives. <laughs> <laughs> we got that too. I'll have one ever. Coffee or tea? <laughs> Coffee. You have a dog? Dog, yeah. Okay. I think you have a, do you have a little bulldog? That we... I did have a little uh I did have a Frenchie, yeah, but he's no Frenchie. Oh, I'm sorry. I got, I we a got Frenchie a new too. puppy who just turned one, who is a Bernadoodle. Oh, really oh a, I love a the Bernadoodles. Yeah, they're, yeah, he's pretty big, you know, for a mini, but, <laughs> but you know, at least he's not 150 pounds either. <laughs> but uh, his name is Bernie, and Aww. he's really a good dog. Aww. Just never had to take him to training. He's just smart. He listens, you know, he's, he's uh, open for suggestion at all times, <laughs> and he's really curious, and he, I, I swear he, he knows English language. <laughs> I mean, he's a really good dog, Aww. Bernie, and yeah, so the best dog ever. Uh, what's something you always take with you when you travel? <laughs> That's a good question, because in my suitcase, you're going to find a, a separate bag with an extension cord, <laughs> A pair of scissors, Sharpie, and um, gaffer's tape, <laughs> and extra paper to write on, you know, if you want to make awesome. do not disturb sign. 
for your door if they don't have That's one a good for idea. you. Okay. And uh, a couple of those clips, like from office clips, that you can clip um, on a vent <laughs> with a pillowcase if it's blowing oh on goodness. you in the bed. <laughs> That's, That's a good. I think I've traveled a lot, them. or not? Maybe not, but I've traveled a lot, and. Uh, Pretty much, that's, yeah, that's my hotel kit. <laughs> awesome. Where's the best place you've ever been? The best place I've ever been? I think it's at home in my own bed and, or in my kitchen because I love cooking. So, oh, okay. yeah, so I'm a pretty good cook. I just like being home. I've been away so much yeah. of my whole life. Yeah. I like to be on a stage. I love being on the stage. And well, you are touring. We're going to be out in June. Yeah, okay. touring in with June. the other band. Okay. And I have my singer is um, Kimberly Nicole, who was um, was a finalist on The Voice a few years ago. And so she's just the shoot, and she's she's just a little powerhouse, you know. So she can do a lot of the singing that I cannot do, the heart songs that I cannot sing. They're too high for me. So. She's she just kills them, and then and there's talk of more heart work yeah. coming next year. Yeah. So we're just yeah we're really like hmm mm hmm that would be fun awesome. to do a world tour wow. next next year. So get a personal trainer you know and <laughs> get prep for that. But um, yeah. I don't think you need it. I think you'd get good. <laughs> well you know too much red velvet I'll have to. Yeah. <laughs> So you're going to play for us Dog and Butterfly. Well, my friend uh, Sue Polino is in town. She lives here. And we've done a lot of little gigs around together just for fun, for people's events. And we recently did a thing uh, for, a, a, actually for a, a funeral where we played for a, a friend that passed away and their family. And we did some heart stuff. And we did Dog and Butterfly. So I thought, well, it was written that maybe we could play something for you guys. So I thought, well, Dog and Butterfly, because who knows it? She can sing it with me. And we'll make a shorter version. I'll take, edit the second verse out. <laughs> this is a bit long, you know. And there's a book, too. You guys wrote a book a million, oh, was it a while yeah, ago? Yeah. Or not that long ago? It was quite a while ago. <laughs> Late 80s? Or maybe, or mid-90s, maybe? I, one of those decades, you know, one of those decades ago. But, um, but Anne actually wrote those lyrics when she looked out her window and actually saw a dog trying to chase a butterfly and thought it was just, well, poetic, you know? Mm -hmm. This big, lunky dog that will never catch the butterfly but keeps on trying. It's very, you know, it's, it's like a life lesson. <laughs> Keep on trying. Yeah, keep on trying. Yeah, what's it is life minute. I didn't ask you that. What's what's a life lesson you want to share with us since we're life minute? I think one of the big life minutes is when you meet a baby for the first time. It's a life minute. Like it's a big thing in life when you see a newborn baby and it's yours, you know. And we're gonna be grandparents pretty soon. Oh, which really? is really gonna oh, be wow. fun. Because then it's like, you know, wow. it, it's the most wonderful to be a mother, but then they what they say is it's, yeah, even, it's even better, better to yeah. be a grandma. Yep. So, 
because you could hand them back, yes, that's right. catch and release, you know. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. Aww, laughs> that's so exciting. So I think that's like one of the big life minutes. What about life lessons? Like life lesson. lessons? Yeah. Um, I think when to shut up <laughs> is a good one. <laughs> I mean, musically speaking or just in general, especially if you've had a lot to drink. <laughs> when to shut up. Yeah. yeah. What does music do for people? Music saves people. Music heals people. And music um, can, uh, can befriend people. <laughs> but it's, it is pretty magical what music does in our lives for us all. Um, you know, I, I read a little pamphlet once about being a Pisces and the, the day of the month that my birthday happens on, which is today. And it's, I looked at this, the, the booklet of the Pisces character characteristics, and on my particular day, it said, you are a creative, most likely you play music, and if you cannot be creative or musical, uh, you will go insane. <laughs> and most likely it's a stringed instrument. Oh and I was goodness. like, am I That's reading so this? Oh my God. Weird. And then I looked at the other days, throughout the booklet, it's the only one that was like that. Oh, it was my day, so wow. it's like, I do believe, I do believe. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's neat. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and Jerry Cantrell's birthday is my birthday, Saturday, on the 18th. That's right. Mm-hmm. I know. Jerry showed me this cool thing. You put your fist next to my fist, like this, and then put your pinky out, other or your thumb out, and that one down. Now you go, too much rock for one hand. Awesome. <laughs> That's that. a Jerry Cantrellism. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, we got to get a picture it's of that one. Too like much that. rock for one hand. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's, All right. You're fun. so awesome. Really I'm fun. Absolute pleasure to Thanks. have well, you here. Thank you. Lovely, well-conducted so interview, I must say. Oh, I feel like nice. I can go on forever. I feel like we're fun. missing stuff. You do so much that so you have so much to say. <laughs> yeah. But I look forward to more great stuff Sweet. from you. So. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. So happy to be here. It's it a good does. S- the room, sounds, the room great. sounds good. It looks great. You guys did a great job. It's a nice stage. Yeah. Really nice. Really good. One, two. There I was with the old man Stranded again, so off I ran Young word crashing around me No possibility of getting what I need He looked at me and smiled said, no, 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 child. See the dog and butterfly. Up in the air, he likes to fly. Dog and butterfly. Oh, she had to try. She rode back down to the moors of to the sky, to the sky, dog and butterfly. 
minute. <laughs> to see more of this interview, visit our website lifeminute.tv.